Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. We have a lot to get to in today's show. We will be playing Sign Tag Walk with Robert Hunt, Connor Williams, and Christian Wilkins. The Miami Dolphins continue to fill out their defensive coaching staff. But before we get into all the news... Merrick Brave, Joshua Houts, how are we doing today? We're doing well. It's another Sunday morning edition of another Dolphins podcast. The coffee is hot, but so is the content, baby. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. How are you doing today, Josh? I feel like I just woke up. I was telling you only one of the kids are awake, so this could go downhill fast. But I do like these Sunday mornings and getting to see your face. So um, I look like I just woke up because I literally just woke up, but um, excited to talk Dolphins football with two of my uh, very best friends in the world to talk Dolphins football with. How are you doing today, Jake? Merrick's coffee is hot. I got my cold one. I don't know what it is living in Massachusetts. Even if it's like four degrees outside, it's got to be a nice coffee. I, I don't know. The, the black hot coffee, it just – it doesn't it doesn't taste the same. From Duncan, no less. I brewed this yesterday morning and just I'm drinking it now, so it's room temperature black oh, coffee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that is – that is – uh, father of young toddler children, coffee consumption. That's in the manual. That's 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 101 right there. Like that that was my life a few years ago. Thankfully, my kids have 
aged enough that I can brew my coffee fresh every morning once again. But uh, hey, we forgot to mention it's Super Bowl Sunday. We're doing this ahead of the Super Bowl. So congratulations, Chiefs or 49ers, whoever wins that game, because we don't know yet. You as a listener, you do know, but we don't. What a crazy right half the first time. time. You said Chiefs. You were right the first time. You, you said it. Uh, you know, that's where my head's at. I think the Chiefs uh, I think the Chiefs will take this one, but uh, I am rooting hardcore for the 49ers. I like doing these Sunday morning shows, and this is obviously going to jinx us here, but I like the Sunday morning, especially for the Monday morning release, to get you guys something early in the week. Um, if you would love to see Josh Merrick's beautiful faces, be sure to tune into the 560 WQAM YouTube channel. And a big reason I like doing these shows is because all the news – is pretty much out of the way. And I am just jinxing us into oblivion right now. But <laughs> for the most part, we know that this is how things are going to settle in. And guys, we did hear some news recently. We did hear that not only did the Dolphins sign Anthony Weaver as a first-year defensive coordinator, but he has spent the last week or so hiring his coaching staff. And most recently, he has added former Lions defensive backs coach Brian Duker as pass game coordinator. He added former defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, Joe Barry, recently. And as of Saturday, we heard that Ronaldo Hill and Sam Madison will not be returning for the Miami Dolphins in 2023. So guys, I'm throwing a lot at you mostly because we can't really squeeze too much out of this stuff. If you go on like Wikipedia, one doesn't exist for coach Brian Duker. One doesn't exist for new Miami Dolphins outside linebacker coach Ryan Crow. Like these are guys in their early 40s who have been in the NFL for four, five, six years, but really haven't established themselves. Except you see someone like Joe Barry, the Wikipedia page is a little bit longer. So guys, as you see this transition happening in this defensive coaching staff, what's the feeling? Well, I, I really had two thoughts with with all of the the, the reshuffling of the the defensive coaching room. Um, you know, behind Anthony Weaver there. Uh, Joe Barry, he was kind of a maligned selection uh, on on Dolphins Twitter because, you know, it's a little too much to ask Dolphins Twitter to be rational in any sort of scenario. But, uh, you know, as defensive coordinator, Joe Barry doesn't have the best track record. If you go back and you look at the stats, you know, in Green Bay, very specifically, uh, not great. But as a linebackers coach, Joe Barry actually has a stellar reputation. And mm -hmm. last I checked, when he is coaching in Miami, as he will be this upcoming season, he'll be coaching linebackers. So if we get linebacker coach Joe Barry, it sounds like we're going to be A-OK, -okay, uh, as long as he doesn't have to step in as defensive coordinator anytime soon, which let, let's hope he doesn't, because Anthony Weaver's looking like a, a cool dude. Oh, Jack dude, too. What a handsome man that Anthony Weaver is. You know, The more I watch him, the more I'm just like, Wow, he's like Idris Elba on a on a football field. He's just just beautiful. But uh, as far as Joe Barry goes, uh, I think it'll be a solid hire based on his uh, statistics as a linebackers coach. And then my second thought is, why Sam? Why you gotta go, Sam? You know we've already been through this once. The, the first time you left the Dolphins as a player, I was devastated, and and now all over again as a coach. So uh, you know I'll, I'll throw on my number twenty nine throwback jersey today and and pour one out for Sam Madison as a coach in the secondary unit. Now, was he a good coach? I, I thought he felt like a good motivator of men, but, you know, I'm not on the practice field, and I don't see what, what the coaches see. And Anthony Weaver has a right to choose his coaches underneath him and, and build his own staffs. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there, but uh, 
it's always sad to see a Dolphins legend go. So happy trails, Sam Madison. Yeah, I mean, I can't say and pretend to know what Ronaldo Hill and Sam Madison did, but based on the names, you didn't want to hear those guys, you know, leaving to go elsewhere. My first thoughts about Joe Barry was, you know, oh, no. But when you thought, think about it, you know, this could be the right move for the linebackers unit. My biggest concern is he is also the run game coordinator. And everyone could say he's not going to be defensive coordinator, but he will be in charge of the Miami Dolphins run game. And over the last three years, Green Bay was 31st in the NFL, giving up 4.7 yards per carry, only behind the Los Angeles Chargers, we're getting up 4.8. So, again, I wanted Vic Fangio. I was stoked with that hire. That turned to be egg on my face. So um, I'll sit back and say I know nothing. Intrigued by Anthony Weaver, intrigued by Joe Barry, linebacker's coach, but we can't overlook that as a run game coordinator or as a run game coach, as defense coordinator, he was pretty awful. And people do go and point at Derek Brooks as someone he developed. That was back in 2002. If you went back into my life 20 years from now and, you know, that was my biggest accolade, I'd say that would be an issue. So, again, I'll sit back and admit I know nothing, but – um, intrigue would be the best thing because let's be honest, the Dolphins have to get over the hump this year. We've heard, um, I won't spoil if we talk about Tyreek Hill, but we know that this is the Dolphins year. They have no more excuses now, despite how shitty that cap situation is. Wait, intrigue, Jake, quick, what about you? Wait, hold on, hold on. Josh, take us back to 2002. What's a day in the life of Joshua Houts in 2002 look like? I think so much Tony Hawk. There's got to be so it much has Tony to be. Hawk. Yeah, I think I had a... I think I started skateboarding in that era. So that would be, uh, you know, no stalls on curbs. Dude, I went out yesterday thinking I could still kick flip. And we just got done playing football for an hour in the yard. And I could not kick flip. And I was ready to just end it. Because that used to be like an ollie to me. And I just, Bro, I realized that I'm it. old and washed. And it's that, not good. That's actually kind of ironic. Yesterday, I went roller skating. Uh, my seven-year-old, he, he was invited to a roller skating birthday party. And he was very scared. He'd only roller skated one time before. And it did not go well. So he's like, Dad, you got to roller skate with me. I said, son, I have not roller skated since the 1900s, which is which is 100% true. The last time I roller skated was like 30 years ago. But I'll tell you what, I put on them roller skates and it was kind of like riding a bike, baby. I was cruising around that rink. It was very similar to the 1900s, just less Gloria Estefan played by the DJ and more Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber. So sorry for that side note. <laughs> what about you, Jake? I want to know what Jake was doing in 2002. <laughs> Um, oh Mario God. 64, probably maybe some Hell like Pokemon yeah. Yellow, something like that. Probably. Pokemon. Oh man, you were probably so stoked when Pikachu was found, started following you around in that one. Oh man, dude, Game the Pokemon changes. started moving when you find them, they'd like twitch for like half a second. <laughs> Boom, we're such nerds. <laughs> my uncle would freeze our middle yard, which was pretty exciting. So we got to play a little um, pond hockey out there. Uh, it was fun for like twice, but then my cousin had like some hockey skates and uh hockey skates plus pond hockey didn't really work too well so it was just kind of like a makeshift like battle out on the ice um eventually you do realize too if you can't play hockey on the ice there's not really much else to do when you're just kind of stuck <laughs> hey but there's always that uh small small chance you'll drown it's true <laughs> people, people forget i wanted to ask you guys though because josh really circled on uh uh Joe Barry being that run game coordinator for the Dolphins and the Packers struggling to stop the run in recent years. Well, the Dolphins also hired Brian Duker as their secondary coach, pass game coordinator. He was the second, he was the secondary coach for the Detroit Lions. And if that team had one weakness, it was defending the pass. So, I mean, from the outside, I kind of get where people are coming from. Like, oh my God, what are we doing? The writing on the wall is that the Packers had an awful run game. Why is this guy coordinating the run defense and the same thing goes for the pass defense for the Detroit Lions 
But I mean, we just had for a couple of years, I mean, Ronaldo Hill, a former defensive coordinator for the Chargers comes in. You can really think that the secondary can lean into that coaching style. We thought that the secondary, the defense as a whole could really lean into Vic Fangio's coaching style. And we saw them have success against poor teams. I mean, one of my favorite stats to bring up all of a sudden is that I think Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard combined for four interceptions. They were all against either the Raiders or the Patriots. So I think Vic Fangio and their system was a great, like, defense in terms of developing a floor. Like, if we aren't facing a good offense, we're going to be able to contain them. But what I think they're doing now with bringing in these guys, despite not having the great track, track record, excuse me, it kind of gives me a sense of that this defense is going to be able to play a little bit of guerrilla warfare. And I think you're going to need that when you're facing the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes, the Lamar, Lamar Jacksons where Miami really struggled late in the season. So I'm willing to buy in and let this play out. Kind of the same reason I was interested in Brandon Staley. I think Anthony Weaver's coaching style is going to be a lot different from what we saw from Vic Fangio and this staff before. And I think that's pretty exciting when you realize that this defense was good last year, but there was a clear, clear ceiling of their limit, ceiling of their limits when they played some of the better offenses. Yeah, and, and you're right, Jake. Vic Fangio was more of a, a my way or the highway kind of guy, and uh, it seems like Anthony Weaver is going to employ a more collaborative approach, you know. And and that's why you're bringing in these guys now. You know, they're going to have a voice in this room. You know, maybe if if uh, Joe Barry and the Lions guy, maybe they figure out, hey, you know, weren't the Lions really good at stopping the run, and the Packers were really good at stopping the pass? Maybe Great we'll enough. just swap. Like, yeah, we'll just midweek. We'll, I'm going to do your job. You do mine. Let me just admit, I've said I've been broken and I need a little bit of time to recover. So if you if I want to go spin zone and be the Homer house, I mean, um, this guy, I think, developed an undrafted linebacker with the um, Los Angeles Chargers alongside Brandon Staley. I think Corey Littleton um, went on to have Pro Bowl seasons. Um, and we have to can't overlook that he was with Brandon Staley when they created that star package for Jalen Ramsey um, with the Chargers. And I do believe this might be the guy that can unlock Channing Tindall. So um, there's Homer Houts if you are sick of hearing me be negative. Hey, we're, we're keeping that, that flame burning for Tindall. Whenever he wants to show up, we'll be ready. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Merrick, you came up with an excellent idea, and it's the offseason. We need creative <laughs> ways to deliver some content. So you made up this game all on your own. It was not inspired by anything else. We are going to play <laughs> sign, franchise tag, or let them walk. And the candidates for today's show, Robert Hunt, Connor Williams, and Christian Wilkins. So, uh, Merrick, first and foremost, why would you pick three, these three players to be uh, center stage here? 
Well, it it kind of feels well. First of all, I just have to admit that I feel like some of our listeners out there might know what I was basing this what? game off of, <laughs> and I I would like to admit that I am just a 37 year old eighth grader apparently and this just popped into my head first thing when i woke up one morning and i messaged you guys or maybe it was right before i was going to bed and i messaged you guys and it was like lol wouldn't this be funny either way the gummies <laughs> were flowing your heads were in the cloud for sure it's possible it's possible i cannot confirm nor deny but uh i picked these three players robert hunt connor williams and uh what was uh, christian wilkins excuse me <laughs> I was going to forget my own players that I picked uh, because these guys feel like all of all three of their futures are kind of up in the air right now. Nobody is quite certain what's going to happen with any of these guys, you know, and there's other guys that the Dolphins, you know, need to take a look at as free agents. Deshaun Elliott was a guy that that I considered throwing into this game. But, you know, the the traditional aspect of this game sees you picking three people. So if I'm going to narrow it down to three people, um, who play important positions for the Miami Dolphins. These were the three to go with, Robert Hunt, Connor Williams, and, and Christian Wilkins. So in the spirit of the game, you can't keep all three. You just can't. You can keep two, one on a, on a one-year deal, a franchise tag. One you can lock up long-term. You know, you're going to marry that person. And then you're just going to have to let one of them walk. They're going to have to go. You're going to have to kill their career as a, as a Miami Dolphin, and and that's what we're here to do today. So I don't want to see anyone in the comments saying, well, actually, if we restructure this guy and let this guy go, we can keep up. We that's not the spirit of the game, okay? It is February 11th. We got a long offseason ahead of us, and we're just trying to to give you some, some good conversations to listen to on the way to draft and free agencies. So let's have a little fun with this, shall we, guys? How do we want to start this? Do we want to jump in? Do you guys want me to share some sport track cap hit projections so you can have an idea of what these uh, franchise tags will look like ahead of time? Because that's a key here, too. I mean, we can say we're going to franchise tag someone, but I think whatever that tag is going to be, I think is super important. So I agree. Let's start with sign. And then when we start talking about franchise tag, who we want to choose for that, then we'll go into the different um, price tags here. So, Josh. Can I just, I just want to say one thing. Can we just admit, though, if anything happens, right? I mean, we'd be happy with any of these guys on the roster next year, just despite Absolutely. what happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But in the spirit of the game, Joshua Howe, who are you signing? Oh, man. Okay, so in the spirit of the game, I'm signing. Well, you didn't give it. I cut you off with the Spotrack numbers. Oh, I we're going to do that for the some, franchise tag. Okay. Don't you worry. Okay, so for me, I, I went with Robert Hunt. I didn't look up how much he'd make. I know he's coming off an injury, but I still believe he's the most talented arguably the most talented uh, offensive lineman that we have. He can play inside. I've made for a couple years back, I think I wanted to move him to right tackle. I think I'm okay right now with Austin Jackson there, uh, Robert Hunt there. But I do believe that he deserves a contract, much like all these guys do. Um, I feel like, I don't want to spoil anything, but I feel like if they were going to tag Christian Wilkins, that would have already happened. Or if they would have signed him, that would have happened. And then I would, um, yeah, so I'm signing Robert Hunt, guys. What do you think about that? Signing him to solidify that right side of that offensive line. And, uh, Give a guy that's more than deserving a contract that, you know, now he probably desperately wants after suffering a significant injury. You know, I, I'm right with you, Josh. You know, I, that is my pick to to sign and, and marry long term with the Miami Dolphins, Robert Hunt. I think this offensive line is so important for this team. And there's already so many questions on this offensive line right you know you got Connor Williams who we'll talk about coming off the ACL injury you got you know whoever the hell is is uh 
least injured on any given Sunday playing left guard. Uh, Isaiah Wynn was penciled in as the starter last year. He immediately got hurt, and, and he was on a one-year deal, so who knows if he'll be brought back. You got Teron Armstead at left tackle. We don't even know if he's going to play for the Dolphins this upcoming season. Will he retire? Won't he retire? If he doesn't retire, how long will he stay healthy? You know, will he even start the season healthy? We don't know. There's so many questions along the offensive line. You're right, Robert Hunt missed a, a significant amount of time this past season with with various injuries but he's a young player he's an ascending player and if you sign him to that long-term deal you could probably lock him in for around 13 million a season maybe 14 million a season which is significantly less than the franchise tag for offensive linemen right now so i think if i want any of these guys signed to a long-term deal it's robert hunt and and that is with cash being considered, right? You know, because, you know, in a vacuum, you would say Christian Wilkins is probably a better defensive tackle than Robert Hunt is a right guard, but that's not how the NFL works. There there are financial implications to every move that you make. And I think if you're going to lock in a player and give yourself some, some flexibility uh, to do other extensions down the line or bring in some, you know, one-year contracts this, this offseason in free agency, I think the guy you want to lock up long term, you know, age age being a consideration as well, is Robert Hunt. Sportrack has uh, projected Robert Hunt to make eleven million per year on a four year deal, and I, my eyes kind of popped out of my head because I kind of thought no chance. I, I think that maybe a year ago that'd be a possibility. Um, but the tough thing here with all three of these players is. We've reached free agency. Yes, it begins March 15th, but these players have nothing else to really kind of wait and see about. So I think that deal might have happened a year ago. Um, but considering we're this close to free agency, considering there are teams that actually have real salary cap space, those numbers instantly go up. So if he got that four-year deal with about $11 million per, that would rank 14th among all guards. I think he's going to get paid more than that. Um, Miami averaged 123 rushing yards without Robert Hunt, which doesn't sound too bad, which is only 13 yards on average less than what they um, averaged with him on the field. However, a number I thought that was interesting, um, the Dolphins, or Tua was sacked 2.5 times per game while Robert Hunt wasn't in the lineup. That number was down to 1.8 sacks per game on average when he was in the lineup. And we kind of see Robert Hunt as this like uh, great run offense offensive lineman simply because we go back to him catching a ball and leaping into the end zone we've seen him sprinting downfield he has that versatility especially next to austin jackson to really get to that second level but one stat that kind of stuck in my head throughout the entire year is if tua was sacked more than three times in a game that the dolphins were going to lose that game it started with buffalo and then you go all the way to the titans game and if you see one number that pops out i think he was sacked four or five times in that game so Looking at what Robert Hunt brings to this team, I, I'm starting to realize that I think he's a big part of the um, pass offense as well, simply because he's not someone who's going to get blown up off the line of skim scrimmage, get pushed back a little bit. That's why I'd lean into signing Robert Hunt, and it'd probably be something closer, I'd say, to three years for $40 million at this point instead of the four years for 40 Um and on top of that, if you just say it out loud, Austin Jackson's got three years for $30 million. I'd have to assume, especially this close to the deadline, Robert Hunt's definitely going to get more than that, despite the injuries he's dealt with last year. 
Yeah, and if you can solidify that right side, you got two guys uh, brought in during the same class, if I remember correctly. So you got Austin Jackson, right tackle. He's locked up. Robert Hunt, right guard. You get him locked up. And then you start building your way, you know, towards the middle and then all the way to the left, you know. Um, did, we this all, a, did we all sign him? I think we all signed Robert Thanks. Hunt. I think we're, we're – We need to talk it, about this. Unanimous decision. We did a great job. Another thing to consider is a lot of people are saying that this is a really strong offensive line draft. So that's all well and good until you realize the Dolphins have a first round pick, a second round pick, no third round pick, no fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, two, six and a seven. If I'm, if I'm correct on that. So if you're drafting a guard, Typically, you're looking at a guard in the second, third, fourth round. Those guys aren't always, you know, historically, they're not first round draft selections uh, unless you get somebody really special. So if you're going to go elsewhere with your first round pick and then you got needs to fill with your second round pick, you're going to miss out on a lot of the quality, you know, gems, as they like to call them in the third and fourth round. So I'm locking Robert Hunt up. We still have holes to fill on the offensive line, even if we're locking Robert Hunt up. So that frees us up to do that in the first, second round, you know, maybe get somebody late. So the the more members of this offensive line that you can bring back, I think that's that's better for the Dolphins. And what we don't realize is the Dolphins are actually, uh, they're turning into berry collectors, right? Last year it was Butch Berry they brought in. And some, what was it? I think the Dolphins started 14 to 16 different offensive line combinations. And I wanted to ask you guys, um, I think the Dolphins are going to have to find some, snap their fingers and have someone play on the offensive line, whether it's left tackle and Tron Armstead retires or just shuffling these guys around. We've already gone through the list. Based on last season, which position do you guys feel the most confident that Butch Berry, this, this offensive coaching staff, can really just plop someone in? They might not be great, but this is the position that would disrupt the offense the least. I think I'm going left guard because we saw it. We saw it already. We left saw guard. Left tackle. We, we did see a lot with left tackle as well. Um, you know, Kendall Lamb was in there a number of games, saving Toronto Armstead's ass. Um, which I, I've heard Teron Armstead's actually on the injury report today with ass. So, um, but left guard, we saw that that was a, a, an often shuffled position in Miami Dolphins starting lineups uh, this past season. And, and the offense was okay. You know, it'd be nice to have a, a solidified starter at left guard. I think that what this offense needs is, is, the ability to run the ball up the middle a little bit more effectively. Uh, did you guys know, and I heard this on the, the Locked on Dolphins podcast with Kyle Krabs this past week, did you know the Dolphins actually averaged more per rush running up the middle than they did running to the outside? Like, and, and, and Yeah, and who would have thought, right? The outside zone scheme, and, and they just didn't call it as often. So maybe you get a, a quality starter at the left guard position. You know, we figure out what we're doing at center, whether that's bringing Connor Williams back or or maybe drafting a guy like this Jackson Johnson Powers that everybody's drooling over, myself included, on the Twitter streets uh, leading up to the draft. And, and maybe we can become more of a physical football team, more of a power football team in those third and ones and those fourth and ones won't seem so daunting 
uh, in the future. But uh, I, I think that's where the focus needs to be this offseason, shoring up this offensive line, allowing Tua to hold on to the ball a little bit longer than his, what, 2.3 seconds that he averaged this past season. Let some of those routes develop downfield. Let Tua create off script. Everyone says that, right? Tua, Tua can't create off script. Well, yeah, it's hard to do that when you're getting sacked at 2.5 seconds every time you know you have to drop back and, and go through your reads. So I think the emphasis, at least uh, if I was GM, my emphasis would be shoring up this offensive line, and that would start with uh, signing Robert Hunt to a long-term deal. Yeah, I was just going to say left guard, but then Jake made a very compelling case for also left tackle with the way Kendall Lamb played. So with the way the Dolphins' uh, situation is, I mean, at this point, they would like to probably bring both those guys back. And Isaiah Wynn, you know, if you have to throw him out there, you guys mentioned even Eichenberg could play left guard in a pinch. But uh, the fact that Kendall Lamb at times almost looked better than Teron Armstead, I mean, um, at that point, you're just trying to bring back either one to fill in that starter spot. And that the Dolphins, with the money they have, it might just come down to who's cheapest. I wonder if it could be as simple as considering the way the Miami Dolphins run their offense when you're debating like, all right, if we have to settle at, let's say, left tackle, left guard, maybe could it be as simple as it takes half a second longer for a defensive end to get to the quarterback compared to a defensive tackle? I, I just kind of go back to like the Philly game, the Chief game where where people were just in to his face all day up the middle. And that's where they really struggled. Of course, it doesn't help when he can't roll out because the tackles are struggling. Uh, but I guess that's the debate. The Dolphins coaching staff is going to have this off season. The franchise tag is where things get really interesting. None of this is solidified. These are all projections that we're going to see people restructure contracts. We're going to see people sign contracts, but as of right now, the top five highest cap hits for defensive tackles averages out to about 25.4 million. For guards, that number number is 24.7 million. And for centers, that's $13.7 million. So I mean, that might have just given away where I'm leading for this, guys. I think you gotta franchise tag Connor Williams. If he is good to go, is healthy, even if he's gonna miss the first month of the season. This is someone who is pro football focuses second highest graded center. He only played about 400 snaps. He got hurt in that Titans game and that ended his season. But I think he was a real stabilizing force on this offensive line. And it kind of spoke to Mike McDaniel and this coaching staff's ability to identify these certain traits you guys need on the offensive line. And these traits can make you excel and be a top tier player at the position. Yeah, you know, I think I'm I'm just parroting what everybody's saying today, but I agree with you, Jake. I feel like maybe Josh will have a different answer for this one, but I am also going to um, <clears throat> uh, franchise tag Connor Williams. I'm not going to do what the other acronym would be. <laughs> well, you know, if the money's right. But uh, Connor Williams is... He's been in this system for two years, right? He got injured this past year, missed a few games, whatever. He, he, he's he been in the system for two years. Center is not just a snap the ball and block the guy in front of you position. The center has nearly as many responsibilities as the quarterback on any given play, right? He's identifying protections. He's identifying blitzers. Um, he is the quarterback of the offensive line. And so when you bring a new guy in, there's going to be struggles, especially in an offense that's predicated on the timing that the Dolphins offense is, right? You know, have all these motions and everything. You need to get the ball snapped at the exact time for any play to, to, to work at any given moment. And we saw the drop-off from Connor Williams to Liam Eikenberg when, when that happened. And the offense 
was not the same. It just wasn't. Go look at the Dolphins' offense in the last few games of the season after Connor Williams was out with that ACL. It fell apart. It went from being the the top offense in the league to, I think, being ranked somewhere around like 25th or something like that in the last few games of the season. So we saw how important it was to have Connor Williams on the field for this Dolphins offense. And I just don't want to have to go into another season relying on a center to do his homework and get, you know, up to speed and up on the calls, you know, whoever that may be. I'm I, again, I mentioned it earlier. I'm a big fan of that. The, the center Jackson Johnson powers. Um, there's a couple other centers. I like as well. Zach Frazier coming out. Uh, he, he might be a guy you could snag in the second round. There's uh, the, the center from Wisconsin. I think his name is Tanner Bordellini or something like that just makes me want some Italian food. But uh, th- there's guys in this draft that I would draft and, and think could be a, a long-term fit for the Miami Dolphins. But everybody keeps saying this is like the last year of the Dolphins window where they can really make some, make some, some hay without having to give, you know, big money away to a million different players. They got a lot of players they need to resign. So if this is our last year and this is our, our last opportunity, then I am going to, franchise tag Connor Williams, get him back in the fold for this last year of the window. And then I could still draft one of those centers and just ask him to play left guard for a year. So we're signing Robert Hunt long-term, at least in my mind, and we're franchise tagging Connor Williams because of the importance that center has uh, on any offense, but very specifically this Miami Dolphins offense. Jake, how much was the defensive tackle? How much did you say that was? 25 million. Thank you, Aaron Donald. Thank you, Aaron Donald. Yeah, I mean, I I have written down. I mean, I told you I quickly wrote down and did my homework pretty late, but I had written down the franchise tag Christian Wilkins because of what he meant to this defense, right? I mean, he finally got those nine sacks he wanted. He's had over 355 tackles throughout his career, 20 and a half sacks now. You know, he's been a key member of that Dolphins, vocal in the locker room, a guy that, you know, you hoped's there when the Dolphins eventually hoisted Lombardi, but um, I would almost be dumb to sit here and say you should pay him $24 million to play defensive tackle when you can maybe draft somebody or just fill in someone with free agency to just plug and play. Um, I think Jake mentioned John Jenkins, Jim Smith on the last pod, and a guy like that makes me excited. So <laughs> I just like saying John Jenkins. But, I mean, I, I would rather have been able to say Christian Wilkins, but how can you when it's that much money? So I'm just parroting what you guys say. Um, my heart, I guess, would say Christian Wilkins. My brain would say um go with you guys and, and bring in Connor Williams I, I wish they could make it work with Wilkins but it feels like that ship has sailed right he bet on himself even Chris Greer said and now he's earned the right to be a free agent just like he said for Mike Kosicki no, yeah, I, mean, I was just about to say who was the last guy who earned the right to be a free agent it was Mike Kosicki then he went out and got like four million dollars a year and then didn't do anything for the Patriots so for him back for him back big slot receiver <laughs> might as well here's a guy you, you bring in Anthony Weaver, uh, often, or excuse me, defensive line coach, right? Like that's his, he's the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins, but his specialty is defensive line, right? If your specialty is defensive line, you don't need to pay a defensive tackle $25 million a year to play well for you. If your specialty is defensive line, you can get, I don't want to say anybody, but you can get a, a quality free agent that you bring in on a one or two year deal, or you can get a, a, a mid round uh, selection to fill in that role and you should be able to coach him up, right? That should be what you can do well, if that's your specialty. So to me with Anthony Weaver coming in, that actually makes re-signing or, or in this case, franchise tagging Christian Wilkins less of a priority. And another guy, another point I'd like to make, uh, free agent, 
from the Baltimore Ravens this year, Justin Matabuike. Maybe he wants to come over and play under Anthony Weaver again if we do get rid of Christian Wilkins. I don't know. I don't know if Josh is just using his heart when saying Christian Wilkins. I mean, listen to this. There are nine games where Christian Wilkins played at least 82% of snaps. He played a league high 968 snaps among all defensive tackles. Zach Sealer was third with 924. I mean, there's something to just having that big of a presence, having that availability in the middle of your defense that you just kind of don't want to see walk out the door. And so Josh, I know you're using your heart there, but, but there's some head there. And pause. Yeah, and, and don't just <laughs> yeah, well, think Anthony Weaver. I mean, don't you think he'd be pretty fond of having a Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins? You don't think he walked into that room and said, dude, could you imagine what I could do with this defense? If you can keep those guys together. But um, um, again, if he wouldn't take whatever deal they were offering him last year, re- reportedly, right? We have no sources, but that's some of the stuff you hear. And he wants to get paid the money. I mean, I feel like a team like the Bears, I don't know. I'm just throwing names out there. I haven't really looked at other teams. But the teams that have huge cap space can just give him what he wants. And, you know, that completely changes their entire culture a little bit, right? I hate You hate using that. But bringing a Christian Wilkins into a locker room, I mean, he just feels like he just, you know, I don't know, brightens everyone up. And that's kind of where that heart comes into play. So, um, we'll see what I, I wish we weren't in this situation. This is one of the frustrations we have with Chris Greer. You know, you we all foresee these guys wanting the bank down the road, but he seems to let it play out until the very end. And um, I've heard people say, What great, what was the last time a good Dolphins player has gone on to play great elsewhere? Well, when was the last time we had a Christian Wilkins walk? Like, we, we you should lock up these elite players, and I feel like that ship has sailed, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I, I'm just going in a circle emotionally. I'm sorry. So, Josh, you are tagging Christian Wilkins, Jake, you, you guys- and I. We're tagging you guys Connor Williams. Go the other way, though. Hey, guys, no, okay. that's okay. I'll, I'll stick to but my guns. Okay, I'm okay so with tagging Christian money? Wilkins. Where are we getting I'm, the money? Exactly, but uh, that's the, here's my point. I'm okay with tagging Christian Wilkins if you then trade him right after and you get some draft compensation back because well, we need some middle round draft picks. You go with that, but you're gonna want a then, second. You let possibly. This... I think it starts at the very least. It starts with a third, right? Because if he leaves in free agency, you are getting a third round compensatory pick back if he if his goal is to make 25 million a year you're getting a third round compensatory back especially because the dolphins don't have a lot of cap space to spend on free agents coming in anyways right so you're at least getting a third round compensatory back so if you're going to trade christian wilkins after you tag him it starts with a third plus but i would be angling for a second round pick if possible um considering he was a first round pick uh player for us uh four years ago so I think it starts with a third, maybe a third and a fourth or two thirds or a third and a fifth. Somewhere around there kind of gets it done. Uh, You don't feel great about it. You've shown your hand. That's the thing, though. The second you franchise tag him, everybody knows, right? The the thing is the Dolphins need to have the cap space available to keep Christian Wilkins and able to do this. Because if you franchise tag him with the idea of trading him, 31 other teams know that. And 31 other teams would have to give Christian Wilkins that – you know, re- what resetting the salary cap with this contract. So yeah. if you tag him, I don't think a single team's going to say, no, I'll give you a third plus. I'll give you a fourth. And I think they'll just sit there. And if, and if uh, the Dolphins say no, you got him on your books. for that. That's a really risky game to play if you tag him, though. So I kind of like the idea of you let him walk. You take that third round pick. You smile to the bank. And you could still play some fan fiction here, guys. Hear me out. You tag Connor Williams. You sign Jackson Powers Johnson. All of a sudden, you have a little hiccup in the middle of the year. We see it every single year where these guys get their opportunity to come in. 
You start the year, Connor Williams playing center. By week 10, you have your rookie come in. He becomes that guy for the next four years, Merrick. You mentioned the frustrations of, all oh, learning the offense, getting that guy in there that knows the cadence. The Dolphins can do that on the fly. You tag Connor Williams. Connor Williams goes and gets his big contract this offseason. You got another third-round pick coming in. That kind of seems kind of safe, kind of fun. You get your uh, you get your rookie to come in, be the guy. You can have Williams play left guard. I guess my only question is, can you sign someone on that center tag? Then can they play left? What's the rules with that? Is there anything that could happen there with if they are assigned as a center and then all of a sudden, you know, week eight, Connor Williams, can you play some left guard for us? Is that too much of us breaking the rules here? What's the franchise tag for running backs? Is that low enough? Maybe we could just give them a couple handoffs on the goal line and then we <laughs> then we can end up. That's interesting, though. Jake, they would take the Dolphins' first-round pick, though, if they moved him to guard or something. I don't know if it's a rule, but they would just start taking their draft picks. <laughs> yeah. He plays one snap in, out of position. They'll be like, oh, here comes Roger Goodell dropping the hammer. Cause like it just seems like it like if another team saw the like if you're the Cardinals and you wanted to pay Christian Wilkins but you see the Dolphins tag him like I, I don't think you'd want to play ball with them like give picks in the contract like I feel like I feel like if it was a year ago you might be able to get more because you don't know what Wilkins is gonna do it just seems like it might be a little risky to try to uh, what tag. Because the new year begins on 315, so you need to have that salary cap space available. So the Dolphins would need to clear out, what, $80 million in order to reach the point just to have Christian Wilkins and do absolutely nothing else, which seems, oh, man, uh, we, we need we need Donna Ponte back so badly. Did she get Chargers the GM job? Did know. she get it in, in I LA? I don't think so. I don't no. think she did. Well, come on back, Don. You were you were actually very good at your job. One of the few members of the Dolphins front office that was actually good at their job in that regime. Let's fly a banner over the stadium. I've decided I, I don't want to lean into this for my entire analysis, but guys, I think we got to let Christian Wilkins walk. And, and I'm going to let a Peter Griffin quote really d- describe why. He once said, why half-ass two things when you can a whole-ass one thing? We already know that this front seven is going to be terrible. Like the, there is no way to work around what they're dealing with, with Bradley Chubb and and Jalen Phillips coming off of season ending injuries. Like we know this front seven is going to be completely hamstrung. Why not just, we know this is going to be weakness of the dolphins. The Detroit lions last year knew their weakness was the pass defense. The green Bay Packers knew their weakness was the run defense. I'm kind of okay if the Dolphins just accept we have this one massive hole. We know it's going to be that. We're not going to try to half-ass it, maybe trade up for someone just to come in and fill up a bunch of snaps. Why not just throw a bunch of uh, bunch of nonsense at the wall and just kind of lean into it? You have Jalen Ramsey. Cat was on the show last week talking about how there are some great cornerbacks in the first or second round that could maybe stabilize that unit. And just let that front seven absolutely suck for a year. The Dolphins have gotten some really bad luck with injuries. It kind of is what it is. You could bring back Wilkins, but I mean, even then you'll still have weaknesses up front. And at that point, are you really maximizing your money to the fullest extent? That's why I let Wilkins walk. I'm not happy about it. I absolutely love him in a Dolphins uniform. You'd want to try to keep him. But that's kind of my mindset of just kind of understanding where the Dolphins are at. Yeah, I agree, Jake. I think that's it's the first time I've heard that strategy, hey, if you're going to suck, why don't we just suck all the way, baby? Like, like, But 
in turn, while doing that, you can build up other units, right? So instead of instead of letting Wilkins walk and then somehow trying to replace him with a first-round defensive tackle, you grab a wide receiver in that spot. Or you grab that offensive lineman, Jackson Johnson Powers. Uh, and then again in the second round, you go the other way. You know, we're gonna we're gonna build up our offensive line, we're gonna build up our our pass catching unit, and we're going to try to beat teams. 35 to 32 every single week. We're going to go out there. We're going to light up the scoreboard and we're just going to try and tread water until we can get Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb back into the mix. And once that happens, then that, that front seven will be much improved. So it's, they don't have to suck for a full year. They just have to suck for like a month or so, maybe a little bit longer than that. So I, I, I interesting strategy, but you, you kind of sold me on it in, in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Let's go. Let's embrace the suck, baby. Yeah, let the record show that all my children are awake. So it is a uh, chaos in the house family. His whole, but you guys have both convinced me that there's no reason to bring back Christian Wilkins. So um, shame on you guys for your <laughs> turn. Um, but really, it was Spochak. When they, when you immediately threw that number out, Jake, I knew I should change my answer. But um, like I said, I wrote it down last minute. That was my guy. I figure um, all our life we continue to hear salary cap's not real. So if true, find a way to make Christian Wilkins work. That's my theory in this situation. Um, heart over brain would be that case in this one it would have been so nice to lock in christian wilkins i mean jeffrey simmons 21 mil dexter lawrence 22 mil deforest buckner 23 mil if you're sitting around there and you have that game changer up front absolutely but then you got kenny clark at 27 mil and aaron donald at at 34 mil where man it's just it's just would be so tough to keep christian wilkins in the mix and i i just kind of like the idea of um you'd be stretching everything so thin where I would love to kind of lean into the offensive line where you can come in, maybe have a rookie and another free agent on that line. And then you can also say Liam Eichenberg has experience as our seventh, eighth offensive lineman. So does Robert Jones and be really comfortable with that group when, you know, the defensive line was a mess going into the playoffs this year and the dolphins I'd even still argue had a shot. So, I mean, I think if you can really lean into just having some strengths instead of deciding something isn't a weakness, I think the dolphins could do a lot there. Merrick, I want to ask you, how many people do you think pulled out their hair listening to this power, listening to this podcast when you would say Jackson Johnson powers when actually it's Jackson powers Johnson. I don't JPJ, care. not JJP. <laughs> it's that's too many. There's too many names there. You got to pick two. You don't get three. Just pick two. I don't. I don't know if his last name's hyphenated or there's a middle name there that he just likes to go by. There's too many names to remember. Okay, there's 53 members of the active roster on any given game day. I can't. I can't memorize all that. Sorry. Powers Johnson. I mean, I can remember that for sure. So it is Powers Johnson, correct, Jake? That is the correct way to say it. And I I just want to say one thing lastly about Wilkins was um, you can go back into the the archive of our podcast. And I think at one point, Jake, we came on here and said we were at like a a crossroads, right? Should we re-sign Zach Sealer at the price tag? Are we going to be able to sign Christian Wilkins down the road? And I think at the time it was before Christian Wilkins went ballistic, right? I think we both agreed that Zach Sealer was the better value. So um, in a way they did kind of what we wanted and we're, we're eventually going to see Christian Wilkins walk. It sucks that it has to happen. Um, Hopefully, you know, again, salary caps, fake we can send out the donna ponte bat signal somehow a miracle can happen but it does sound like you boys had it correct coming into this connor williams would be the better value play i just do want to know with jake's question about whether or not you know there's a certain percentage of snaps you would have to play at center instead of at guard if you were to bring him back at one price or if what do they then give him a salary bonus at the end of the season i I don't know that's a 
Donna Ponte question. What can I say? We don't get paid Zach enough for those answers. We don't get paid enough for those answers. Oh, God. Interesting note, though. Zach Sealer was third in the NFL among defensive linemen with 924 snaps. So they could still kind of play that anchor with, with one of those guys in there. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's a tough decision. I think we'd all rather keep Christian Wilkins. But at this point, it kind of just is what it is. Merrick, absolutely excellent idea. Guys, this was an absolute blast. Thank you all so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. We will be back later this week with some more draft talk. But until then, fins up. Fins up, baby. Enjoy the Super Bowl, folks. Wait, you already did. Fins up. Go Chiefs. Pat Mahomes is going to, the, to Disney World. I'll pick that.